Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. God's good. Praise the Lord. Let's just worship Him a minute. Lord, we worship You. We just welcome Your presence here. Glory to God. You're good. And Your mercies are new today. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank You, thank You, thank You for Your goodness. Thank You for Your mercy. Thank You for what You're doing. Glory to God. In the middle... Of all the confusion of this world, you're doing something. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're on the throne. Hallelujah. You're laughing at the nations. <laughs> you're laughing. And you're saying, "Who? what do you think you're going to do? Just what do you think you're going to do? Glory to God. Hallelujah. God's good. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. God's good. God's good. Glory to God. You know what I see? The goodness of God. We will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God. There's coming a time right here in this place. (laughs) We're going to say praise the Lord and you're going to run off with it. I mean, you're just going to run off with it. I'll prophesy it anyway. You're going to run off with it. You're just going to get totally beside yourself. Paul said... If I'm sober, it's for your sake. (laughs) If I get beside myself, that's God. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, it's amazing to me. Some people, I'll say, that's not what I started to say, but there are some people who go down here to the Spurs or go to the Dallas Cowboys, pay somebody not long ago here in the church had tickets to the Dallas Cowboys given to them. They were $800 a piece. And then you get upset with us when you think the preacher wants your money. $800 a piece to watch them lose. And you're paying losers. Now, if that's your favorite football, I, wa- I like wa- to watch Dallas until they start losing. And I flip the channel. I'm going to find something more. In- I'm in the winning side. You get shook up about that. We know who your God is. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you. Thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Father, if there's anyone here or viewing by live stream that's searching today. 
We just believe today their search will be over. Thank you that they come to the knowledge of the truth because you've drawn them by your spirit. In Jesus' name, glory to God. You can be seated. We'll dismiss the, the 180. Glory to God. That's our youth ministry. And thank God for what he's doing with the youth. And you're going to see them kicking off on another door. I, I want to kind of share something with you. We'll, we'll get into the word here in just a minute. But this, this is part of it. This is part of it. You know that it, how many of you have already voted? Okay. The rest of it, I'm encouraging you to vote. And don't really, do not put it off. I've seen a lot of people say, you know, well, we ought to have one day. You know, I, I get all that. But I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you. You're going to get sidetracked. Anything you procrastinate on, you're going to fall behind. And you'll probably miss the deadline. So I'm going to encourage you to take your make this priority and get go vote. And here's what I, I'm going to give you a little example, if I may. And everybody say example. example. Now, I'm not going to tell you this is you to the T. And I'm not saying do this exactly like this. I'm giving you some, an example, all right? What, what I do, because particularly on a year like this, this is, everybody say, this is what Pastor Ronnie does. I'm going to make sure you hear what I'm saying. This is what I do. I go to, in our case, we live in Bear County. I go to bearcounty.org and I look up the election situation and I go down there and I look at uh, the, the sample ballots. This being a primary, everybody say this is, this is Pastor Ronnie. Okay, this is what I do. Do you, do you understand what I just said? I'm not saying you got to follow this to the T. I'm saying I'm giving you an example. This is what I did. And I go down there and I go down to where it says, in my case, I emphasize this again, I went to the Republican primary ballot. I pulled it up and I printed it off. When I pulled it up and I printed it off, I did that for a reason, so then I can compare it where, where I live, because I'm going to use ivotersguide.com. And when I pull it up, I put in my address, it, it gives me all those uh, offices that people are running in for that primary. And then I'm able to do some research with ivotersguide.com to know where they stand so that I can mark it off on that paper ballot. You're not going to be able to use your electronic device. You follow? You can write things down and take it with you. So that's, I, I got that sample ballot so I would know because there's a lot of uh, offices that people are running for during this time period. And then Zona and I went in there. Uh, she wrote it down and she took it with her and I took mine with me and we went in there and uh, we voted. You follow? This gives you an example. You need to do some research. Of course you're going to take 
each candidate and where they stand. And as a believer, I'm already assuming that you're going to do that, take the word of God and examine it, and then you're going to pray over it. Everybody say pray over it. Glory to God. So if you haven't done so, make this priority. And please don't wait till the last minute because then it's the devil's business to get you sidetracked. This is a pivotal election year, so take advantage of it. And, and, and let's, let's just overwhelm the devil. Wow. Pathetic, pathetic, pathetic. Come on. You, you should be shouting me down about right now. Okay? Amen. This is going to change this year. This year. If you're tired of nonsense that doesn't make any sense leading us, then you would be excited. I'm excited. All right. So take, it, take advantage of that, all right? We are the people to finish this race. We are. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and smile real big. And say, I'm at the right place at the right time. I want to make this statement, and then I want to tell you where we're going to go. Moreover, there are helpers in this place in abundance. All manner of cunning people, forever manner of help. You're going to get used to hearing that, because we're going to say that every time. God instructed me to do that a few weeks back and I've missed it and so I've repented today. Moreover, there are helpers in this place in abundance. All manner of cunning people forever manner of help. We're going we're gonna to get the job done. Glory to God. Just get ready for escalation. All right? We're, well, I won't, I, yes, sir, yes, sir, stay with the program. All right, we're going to talk about grow and glow, part number five. Grow and glow. Okay. Now, <clears throat> let me give you what, Pastor Zona, you can go to First Corinthians, I mean, Second Corinthians chapter 10. And uh, let me give you a, a, a statement or two that Pastor Zona dealt with Thursday morning. She was dealing with Zachariah. Zacharias was, and her, uh, his wife Elizabeth were barren. You, you, you read this story usually around Christmas time, but there's some significance in here. And he goes in there, he was in it, uh, a, a, a the tribe of Levi, and he was going in there to do the uh, temple business, and he's in there, and an angel appears. And the angel appears, you find this in Luke chapter 1. The angel appears and tells him, your prayers have been heard. And Elizabeth is going to have a child, and you're going to call his name John. Now, here's a statement, and then I'm going to come back to Zechariah. Here's the statement. 
you can be faithful in your duty and not have revelation. Are you following that? So here was Zacharias in his duty. It was his turn. It was his duty. He had been praying, so evidently he was in a ritual of prayer. He had been praying for many years that he and Elizabeth would have a son. And then when the angel shows up, now let me help you understand something. This is the first time in 400 years that God has spoken through an angel. It, it, let me tell you, if an angel shows up <laughs> and appears to you, I think you ought to pay attention to what's being said. Yes. And he says, your prayers have been heard. And when he gets through talking, unbelief spoke up. Not belief, unbelief. Because he had been through the religious duty, if you would. He had been praying and now prayer was never really intended to be answered. It was more of a duty process. There was no revelation involved. There was no believing. He was just going through his duty. And he has the nerve to say, now how am I supposed to know this is so? Now that's my version of it. And the angel says, you want to know? I mean, you think if just him showing up would be enough to be a sign. Y'all wouldn't? I mean, if an angel just stood right in front of you today, that would be pretty close to a sign. And he said, you want to know? You're not going to be able to talk your unbelief anymore till this child's born. Okay. Now here's what I want you to see about that particular. We're still talking about grow and glow. He had lost hope. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Because of a expanse of time, a span of time had passed. And he lost hope, let go of the revelation, let go of, of his petition, and now it's just a ritual. There's no faith in him because he's not believing it. And now when the angel showed, I believe he showed up because of Elizabeth, not because of him. It's kind of like a, a money in the mail I heard one time. <laughs> anyway, that, that went into, it went from, listen carefully, it started in his soul and went into his spirit. You believe with your spirit, your heart. But you can start off by saying, Lord, it, it hadn't happened. You, you understand it? Start, you, you start thinking. 
Turn to your neighbor and say, you ever heard of stinking thinking? Stinking thinking is what was happening. <laughs> he started having some stinking thinking and stood, and instead of dealing with it with the word of God and the promise, he started letting it get into his emotions, his reasoning, and now when the angel appears... He's over there. Well, how am I supposed to know this is going to happen? The very fact that the angel was there. I mean, it's, yeah, this hadn't happened in 400 years. We're in a time period where things that haven't happened before in generations are happening. Are you following me? This is not business to usual. This is not pre-pandemic. You, you follow? People say, well, I want it to go back to pre-pandemic. No, I don't. There was so much obscurity and things that were hidden now that have been brought to the light. I'm glad now we're post-pandemic. I don't want to go back there. This is a different time. All right? It's kind of like, how many of you have ever uh, woken up, been, been awake in the morning just before uh, dawn? Okay? And then all of a sudden, the, the sunlight appears out of nowhere. That's where you're at. Yes! Amen! It appears out of nowhere. And, it, and it's, and it's going to continue to shine brighter and brighter and brighter until the noon day. When, when do you think the noon day is? That's when Jesus splits the eastern sky. Darkness has had its final days. <laughs> That's why you and I got to get our act together. All right? So we don't want to just be faithful to duty. We want to have a revelation. Okay? Now, are you, are you, are you found 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians? You found it? All right. Well, I haven't found my place yet. And I guess I left the other sheet in there. We'll have to wing it. But we'll do good. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, which we touched on it last week, but we're going to go back to it again. All right, verse number 3 of chapter 10, out of the King James, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, physically, that, that means physically. Our warfare is not, in fact, if you think what's going on in our country is physical, you are really behind time. It's, it, it's not even political. People think it is political. It's not even political. This is a spiritual thing. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal or physical, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, a stronghold, we're going to talk about that just for a minute. A stronghold 
is, is a fortified, like a fortified castle. In, in the defining it in this place, it really has to do with a rebellious castle. A rebellious castle. The, strong, the strong, word stronghold here is in a negative sense, not in a positive sense. There are spiritual strongholds that are fortified by God. You follow me? But, but what he's referring to here is not that. This is opposing itself. And it's fortified. Everybody say fortified. fortified. All right. So I'm going to help you to see the fortified. It's fortified. It's, it's built up. It's, 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 it's laid stone upon stone. It's built a wall. It's now become something that is not... It, we're not talking about a casual thought. What we're talking about is fortified stinking thinking. And the reason why it's fortified, it's now been received as truth. I didn't say it was true. I said it's received as truth. And, and because it's received as truth, it means it's in the belief system. That's what fortifies it. Now, once it enters into the belief system, because you believe with your heart, that belief system now gathers up reasoning, thinking, emotions, and will. Are you following? And it fortifies this rebellious castle. Are you following? Y'all with me? How many, how many of you with good intentions ever believed the wrong thing? Well, that's the only way you believed it anyway. Because you intended to believe the truth. Okay. Now, let's take it a step further. How many of you, since you've been a Christian, ever believed something, and then God had to take you and, and absolutely help you get, out, get, get, get rid of that? He had me. That's called maturity. Let's talk about, that's, that's really growing up. And so I've had some things, and I say this, and I really don't say it. It sounds funny, but I don't say it with really any laughter about it. <laughs> uh, but I used to listen years ago when Kenneth Coburn, before he was ever on TV, he's on the radio daily, every day. And I'd turn him on just to get mad at him. Now, my dad has always preached love and faith. That's about all he preached was love and faith. <clears throat> and I had some preconceived ideas that I didn't even get from, from my pastor. That really went big. Because of my maturity level. Are you following me? And so when I hear Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Copeland in those days, he's a lot more smoother today than he was back then. Because he's just kind of in your face. Here's a piece of steak, and it may be medium. It, it may be rare. You're going to have to take it home and cook it and cut it. Okay? But I, and, and it began to challenge my beliefs. 
That truth begin to, those truths begin to challenge my beliefs. But my beliefs were fortified because I now reason. Okay? I have such reasoning. And here's my, my reasoning. And this is what happens to a lot of Christians. My reasoning is it could not happen, good or bad, if God didn't want it to. So if it happened, it had to be God. And then we throw out this terminology, God is sovereign. Most people have no idea what that means. We're, we're saying that God controls everything. Then if he controls everything, then how come Adam and Eve sinned in the garden? Does he control people and make them sin? Now see, that doesn't add up, but that's our assumptions. Those are the types of assumptions that I had within me. Now I've been, I, my, my dad pastored this church. I've been in and around church all my life. I've heard uh, 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 the, the word of God taught. In fact, uh, you know, it was nothing for us to go to church three, three weeks in a row every day. Today, we would call that, oh, dear God, what's wrong with y'all? <laughs> we called that revival back then. And so I, I don't want anybody to misunderstand me. It was my maturity level. I could not comprehend it. It was an a algebra understanding that I needed. But I'm stuck on memorizing the times tables. Are y'all following me? And, and how many of you know that you have to have line upon line, precept upon precept? You cannot try to get uh, a, a, a question answered or an understanding level and you're stuck in the third grade and you're, you're struggling to pass the times table test. And so every day I was learning and being challenged. And I was fortified in my beliefs. My emotions would get stirred. I'm going to be honest with you. If you go to church and all you do is all the time laugh, you're in the wrong church. Sometimes you may have to squint. Sometimes it may be real quiet in the church. Now, I, I, I prefer everybody, you know, hanging from the ceiling fans. That's what I prefer. But it doesn't always happen that way. And the reason why it doesn't always happen that way is if that's all you're getting, and, and most people that show up, oh, man, I got Jesus, help me to get this. Help me to get this understanding across. There should be a spirit of joy always. The joy of the Lord is our strength. But there should be some challenges. If there's no challenge, then there's no growth. Are you following what I'm saying? 
And, and so I, I had to work through that day in and day out, day in and day out, because I'm listening to him every day. <laughs> and I'm listening to my dad. My, my, my dad did a great job. And let me tell you, he would say stuff that just went right over my head. And then went over my family's head. To this day, it's still over some of them's head. Because I, I would hear Dad say that he prayed a prayer one time. <laughs> he prayed a prayer one time. And he said, Lord, I want you to correct me. And if I still don't listen, rebuke me. I mean, he went on down the line, and I remember him talking about that prayer, and I thought, yeah, that's good for you, Dad. You need that. You're the pastor. You're the pastor. <laughs> You're the pastor. <laughs> went right over my head. Because <laughs> I wasn't on that maturity level. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? I, I'm still thinking that, that life consists in playing with, with trucks. Cars, playing cowboys and Indians. Oh, we we oh, that's that's, that's not woke enough. <laughs> I'm thinking of playing. Playing is my work. <laughs> you follow me? That was my work in that maturity level. Now, because of that, it begins to look. And get into, uh, these beliefs get in, these assumptions now turn into beliefs. And these beliefs now become fortified. Now, that's why, that's why our country's in the conditions it is in. is because that's what happened to the body of Christ as a whole. Now, I don't, I'm not trying to be... Uh, sound negative, but I'm, I'm trying to help us understand why God is saying, I'm messing all this stuff up. I'm not going to let it continue. I've overlooked this long enough. And he has to deal with the church first because the church, listen carefully, according to the New Testament, is the pillar and ground of truth. The church is supposed to be the pillar and ground of truth to our generation. And, and if, if I don't believe the truth because of my own assumptions and my maturity level being not, not there, then now I fortify that belief and I resist the truth of God not intentionally, but unintentionally. If you think I'm off the wall with this, that's what happened to the Apostle Paul before he was the Apostle Paul. He was Saul of Tarsus. He said, everything I did about persecuting the church, I did out of ignorance. It wasn't until revelation came and the light of Jesus shone around about him. Then he had revelation come. And, 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 and it, it was so bright. Truth was so bright that it blinded him. 
You take somebody who's believed a lie a long time, and truth shows up, it blinds them. He was that way for three days until God sent a man by the name of Ananias to him and says, you go pray for, for, for Saul of Tarsus. And that's a long story there, but God would really have to talk to me. <laughs> he said, well, I've heard of this guy. <laughs> He's the one that's persecuting the church. He said, you just do what I tell you. See, he was mature enough. And he went over there and prayed for him, and scales fell off of his eyes. That's what happens when truth brings revelation. Scales fall off. Oh, oh, I got it. We've been telling you for 30 years, and now you got it. Are you following me? That's, that's revelation. You follow me? And many people have gotten caught in the trap the same way that Zacharias did. I'm praying, but I don't really believe that it's going to happen. Even if, an, that's why Jesus told the Pharisees and, and the corrupt leaders of the day, they kept after him, show us a sign. He said, a sign's already been given unto you. And you still don't get it. Because they, they, their, their whole deal was in the religious duty and not in the revelation. Right, am I making sense? And the only way you're going to get revelation from God is through relationship. It's a relationship. It's, listen carefully. Pay close attention to what I'm fixing to say. It's not through your assignment. It's through your relationship. Amen. The relationship is what gives you the assignment. That's and many people, many people get caught up with their assignment. Don't get caught up with the assignment. Stay in, stay in fellowship with relationship. You follow me? Because the only way you're going to perform an assignment by God, it better be bigger than you. Because if it's not bigger than you, if you can handle it, God didn't give it to you. You say, how do you know that? Because God never tells you to do anything you can do by yourself. There's no faith in, in you saying, okay, I can do that. Are you hearing me? There's no faith in that. There's faith in it when, when God says, I want you to do this, and you're going, you're kind of like, you're kind of like uh, Gideon. You're talking to me? You're kind of like Moses, and Moses said, I, 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 can't, I can't talk. <laughs> Moses had no intention of ever going back to Egypt. You follow? So it, it, it's the relationship that causes the fulfillment of an assignment. And do not, I want to say this one more, take it a step further. Do not confuse calling with an assignment. Because an assignment is a, an accomplishment. In other words, it's something to do and then it's over. A calling is lifetime. 
Do you, do you understand? I've had people, many people come, many people come to me through, the, well, particularly lately, because they see that I get gray hair. Are you ever going to retire? When are you going to retire? I have a few family members think that too. And, and I've had people say, well, are you ever going to retire? Well, I, I almost got sucked into that world point of view. I do not find that biblically. When, when retirement came, Biblically, you checked out. You're gone. You finished your course. You've run your race. There's no sense in you being here. You follow? Why? Well, the last time I looked, I'm still here. But listen carefully. Many of you are looking, but that's you. Every believer, every believer has a call of God. Amen. And if you, if you put it, you know, I've, through, I'm talking about post, I mean pre-pandemic, generations, decades, people have looked at only the guy that's up here. I've had people make this thing, yeah, but you're the pastor. This is where I want one of them 15-pound Bibles. <laughs> no, that's not so. Every believer, you're created by God and for God. Okay? Every believer has a lifetime call. Now, assignments may change. Because they could be completed. Are you following that? But calls are lifetime. And, and it, I've had people say, well, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. Because this is not finished. I got to finish it. Are you following? Now, I'm using me as an example. I can't use you as an example because you'd get mad at me. <laughs> so I'm using me as an example. All right. Watch this because this is, I, I was helping you to see that this is, these become strongholds. Now, watch this. Casting down imaginations. This word imagination is reasonings. There's a reason for everything. Now, pay, pay, pay attention right here. There's, re, there's a reason for everything, good or bad. There's a reason. But not all reasons are excusable. Let me give you an example. I remember back when I was in high school, Zona and I were dating, and it and it happened to be, I went to pick her up at the house, and I, I, think, I think it had to be uh, Western Day or something at school. <clears throat> and uh, I think she was trying to 
I, anyway, we were, we, we were a little late. I don't remember the whole deal, but we were a little bit late. And so we couldn't go directly to our class, so we had to go to the office to get a slip of paper to let us in. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, I, I told, was it Mrs. Zamzo? I think it was Mrs. Zamzo. So I had to tell her why we were late. Now, why is a reason. But that doesn't mean that that reason is an excuse. Thank God she was reasonable and gave me an excuse being late. <laughs> being tardy. Are you following me? But my point is, many times we reason, and he tells us to in the book of Isaiah, come let us reason together. And listen to what he goes on to say. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. <laughs> when God, when, when, if you really want to understand how, when, when you sin and come short, and God calls you on the carpet about it, He's not going to excuse it, and he wants to reason with you to get to the why. Okay? He wants, he wants you to be able to recognize how the devil got in and baited you. We're so used to, well, he, he forgives me. Yes, he does, but he also wants to give you understanding. Are you following? You follow what I'm talking? This is the way a true father treats their children and trains them. They don't just beat the devil out of them. You, you understand? That's not the way. And then they don't learn nothing. They're in constant reflex. That's not the way God does. God, if he, even if he was to, to chastise you, he's there to give you understanding. Uh, we, when, when our children were little, you know, as they get older, you can't hardly spank them no more. I said hardly. You missed that. But when they're smaller, you know, you know swat them, whatever. I'll move right along. I don't want to stay on that too long. But anyway, when, when they were smaller, we would always tell them, go to your room, wait till we get there. Now, the reason why we, we got there I and mean, had them go there is I want a chance for reasonableness to get a hold of me and not emotion. You follow? And then I go in there and, 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 and Zona and I worked on this. Sometimes she'd have to say, Ronnie, you got to tend to this. Because if I get a hold of them, and it was vice versa. And we would set, we'd set them down and say, well, do you know why, what this is all about? Why you're getting in trouble? And, and, uh, and we would pray with them. That's unheard of. And I'll never forget Joel one time. I don't know, he had to be four or five maybe. And, and we'd been after him, and he wouldn't listen. I said, just go to your room and wait till I get there. And he knew what was happening. When I got there, 
I said, do you know why you're, you're fixing to get a spanking? And he, he, big old tears, rolled down his eyes, I mean, down his cheeks. And he said, yes, sir. And I said, well, tell me why then. Because you want me to live a long time. <laughs> he didn't get near what he should have got. <laughs> My point is, you're stopping him and making them think. That's the whole point. That's the way God deals with us, even if he does correct you. He's not... He, God doesn't, there's no way, I, I want to help you to see something. There's no way that God's mad at anybody. He's not mad at you. He's not mad at the church. He's not even mad at the world. Now, his wrath is going to come down because of, of, of the choices that people make. In other words, there are consequences to choices. That's where the sovereignty of God comes in. If you, t if you take this road, God made, he made the consequence to fit the choice. You follow what I'm saying? Uh, that's where sovereignty comes in. God made the rules. You follow? So, but he didn't make you make the choice. That's the point. We don't want these strongholds to get inside of because they get into in, uh, reasonings. And we'll get into reasoning with ourselves. You can reason yourself right into disobedience. You can. How many of you, you ever been somewhere or, or church service or something and, uh, and, and it comes offering time and the Holy Ghost says, I want you to give X amount of dollars and you get behind me, yeah. Satan. Huh? <laughs> That's what happened to me when, when Pastor Zona was talking about that first thousand dollars we ever gave to. <laughs> it was kind of like, get behind me, Satan. God is so loving and long-suffering. But here's the point that I want you to see. What happened is, he, he, you make the choice. Okay? Or you reason yourself out of making it into another choice. And it's usually based off of belief. Now, stay with me just a minute. The reason why we have a hard time, and the example, is the money factor right now. The reason why we have a hard we start looking at our situation. Instead of believing the word of God that's been spoken to us. You follow? And so now you have to make a choice. Am I going to believe my circumstances or am I going to believe what God's telling me to do and his love for me? It's because he must see something. He must want to bless me. We don't look at it like that. We're so strapped with where we're at in our circumstances and God says do something. So guess what? That imagination, that reasoning now starts battling you over, over what you're going to believe. 
And you have to cast that down and say, this is what God told me to do. See, that's what it means to walk by faith. Walking by faith, my friend, does only thing you're ever going to have a surety of is what God promised. On the front side, it doesn't look like opportunity. It looks like disaster. Looks like we're going down the tube. Just exactly the way the circumstances look in our country right now. It looks like the United States is going to hell in a handbasket. And you'll have some preachers get up there, and, and, and I see this, you know, sometimes on YouTube where preachers are saying, well, was America ever in, uh, you know, the book of Revelation in the last days? And blah, 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 blah. And there'll be thousands of people flying. Uh, uh, before Jesus returns, uh, America's no more. That's, they'll make stupid statements like that. That's not true. That's not true. What's our symbol? In this nation, what's our symbol? What's our, what's our, what's our, uh, a what? Then start looking up eagle. See what God's got to say about it. You follow what I'm saying? Don't, don't, anyway. I don't want to get into that too much, but I'm trying to help you understand that, that, that the reasoning, and then if you're bombarded with doubt and unbelief from ever, everywhere you live, I mean, everywhere you go, anything you see, if you're bombarded with that, it gets into your reasoning, and it becomes a high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. God gave you knowledge. Do this because I got something in mind. And, 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 and it starts battling you. The reason why it battles you is because you're looking at, you, you examine your situation and even your own frailties. Where you've missed it. Listen carefully. Everything that Exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity. Bring into captivity. Every thought. What thought? That reasoning is trying to talk you into disobedience. To the obedience of Christ. Having in readiness to, to revenge all disobedience. When? When your obedience is fulfilled. Now. You were designed for the truth, listen carefully, and the truth was designed for you. You were not designed to live any other way. When Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. You were designed to live by the word of God. So if we don't live by the word of God, we die without the Word of God, without truth. The truth is found in the Word of God. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 4, continue in my words, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Where does it make you free at? Inside. Where your reasoning is in line with the Word of God. The limitations that we've had on ourselves is in the soulish realm. The moment you get born again, 
Your spirit is as pure as it's ever going to be. It can't get any more righteous than it is that moment. But you have a soul. A soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions of man. That's where we, we have our personality. That's where we get our reasonings. That's where we make our decisions. And that part of your life, that area of mankind, is something that has to be renovated. And, it, and it's an everyday process. And I don't care how young or how old you are. You're still going through that process. You're still going through it. You, 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 if you think you've arrived, you have arrived to your downfall. Okay? God wants to change that soul and construct it, reconstruct it, renovate it to where it's in line with the person. You follow me? The person. I'll say it another way. The personality of Jesus himself. To where he doesn't do anything that he doesn't see the Father do. He doesn't say anything that he doesn't hear the Father say. Now I promise you, there ain't nobody here today that has arrived at that point. Okay? But God knows, this is a, listen, only God can get us to that level. And He will through relationship, not duty. I go to church, I, I even get up here and speak, not by duty. I do it because of my relationship. Now, what I found out, if you look through the Bible, don't have time to go through all of this, but you go study it yourself. I've never found anyone that God called that was qualified. But the call is what qualified it. Are you following what I'm saying? Moses was not qualified. And he had to go on the backside of the desert so God could renovate him. <laughs> Forty years of renovating. And then all of a sudden a revelation comes out of a burning bush. He's our, he's, his relationship is so thick, it's just him and God. And God talks to him and says, take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. Amen. I guarantee you Moses had no intentions of ever going back to Egypt. So God called him to do what he reasoned in himself not to do. Are you listening? We can take Gideon. Gideon had a revelation. 
the angel appeared. And Gideon, through his soul, did not think he was qualified. But the call qualified him. Are you following? The same thing is, we can see, we just keep going and going and going. My point is, God will always tell you to do something you cannot do by yourself. Can't be done by yourself. Thing be done by yourself, you didn't need the call. Are you, are, are you understanding? See, I had no, most people don't know a lot of, about me, but I, I never intended to be a pastor. Never. I just wanted to love God, be in business for myself, and pay my tithe, and just be like everybody else. The problem is, God says, everybody else is not supposed to be like that either. And listen, I can tell you, I can, I can probably name a thousand people that I'm talking about right now. Satisfied that when they die, they're going to heaven. But they're going back to kindergarten. They think this is all about getting saved, learning the principles of God's word, and then me using it for my selfish motivation in my life so I can live the good life without doing anything in the kingdom of God. This is totally opposite. You, you don't succeed without a obedience to God. I don't care how much money you got in the bank. I don't care who recognizes you and doesn't recognize you. There's a lot of preachers that are standing for pulpits today that are not successful, and they probably got two or 3,000 people in the congregation. They're not successful. Because they don't know what success is. Many of them chose it as a profession. A calling is not a profession. It's not a profession. It's a calling. Are you following me? <laughs> All of a sudden, now we're reasoning. <laughs> Let me give you a couple of things real quickly, and then we're going to, I'm going to close it. I know this is kind of, y'all going to cut the meat, right? Go with me, if you would, to 1 John chapter 2. Be ready in the King James and the Passion Translation, please. 1 John chapter 2. We'll read verses 15 through 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. What he's talking about? He's talking about the systems that govern this world, the, the, the systems that are on the earth. Let me start again. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Post, I mean pre-pandemic, Majority of the body of Christ was in love with the world. Are you following? 
But he said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You cannot date two women at the same time and not get caught. Are you listening? Do you know what James calls this? James calls it adultery. See, if you love the world and pretend to love God, you're committing adultery. Now, I, I didn't say it was y'all. We're talking about other people. <laughs> then he explains what it is. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of, the, of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Do you know that that same thing has operated in the church? Same thing. And the world passes away in the lust thereof, and he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now, here's what I'm saying. We're talking about belief system. We're talking about reasoning now. Do you understand? We're talking about all that. I misunderstood what being in my immaturity, I misunderstood what real success was. We have success teachings in the body of Christ that'll make everybody think that if you do this, this, and this, and you have this, this, and this, then you're successful. And in reality, that's not true. You can have a billion dollars in the bank and not be successful. That's what the world looks at. They look at status, wealth, accomplishment, as success. Success to the believer is obedience to God. Are you following what I'm saying? And until we get that purged out, we cannot stand in truth and be a pillar to a generation that doesn't even know what truth is. So God is maturing you and I to another level of understanding. Give that to me, if you would, out of the Passion Translation. I think it will... You, found, you got it? Do not set edible. For all that the world can offer us, the gratification of our flesh... How many of you know you got a flesh? I got my hand. I'm about back to you so I don't see your hand. You should have said amen for somebody sitting next to you. The allurement, watch this. The allurement of things of the world, the allurement. Listen carefully. Did you know that the Bible, I'm talking about the book of Proverbs makes this statement. It is better for you 
not to have anything than to have things and think you're a success? The problem is people don't know when things have them. Because that, that's how they measure. That's how the world measures. Are y'all following me? Now, this is depth right here. People measure it that way. That's the way the world measures it. God does not measure it like that. The only thing that pleases God is faith. Allurement of the things of the world and the obsession with status and importance. Are you listening to that? None of these things come from the Father, but from the world. For the world and its desires are in the process of passing away. But those who love to do the will of God live forever. Now, I, 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 this is not... What I want to help you to see, it, we're, God is taking the body of Christ to another level of maturity. That's what the, this, all this teaching, it's not about accusing anybody of anything. It's about bringing to a level of maturity. God does not mind you having things. Okay? He gave us all things richly to enjoy. But he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Notice this. The second thing, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. It's about priority. It's about our definition of success. And there are many teachings in the body of Christ about pursuing success. It's kind of like this. God, we, we read that in the book of Psalms. God will give you the desires of your heart. And the devil will give you the desires of his heart. And how does he do that? Through the allurement of our reasoning of what we've been told success is. I'm going to give you an example. We look at churches as if they don't run a thousand, they're not very successful. And many churches that have run a thousand don't last till the end. Success is based on doing the will of God. It's based on doing the will of God. Question. Here he is in the book of Acts, Philip. Philip just gets through preaching to the whole city of Samaria. The whole city turns out. You'd think, my God, for an evangelist, an evangelist, whoa, hallelujah. He calls for the apostles they come over there, they lay hands on those people, started getting filled with the Holy Ghost, and all of a sudden, 
all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost transfers Philip out of that tremendous revival and puts him out there in the desert to speak to one man. Are you following what I'm saying? We have to get our soul renovated and in tune with what God is saying. If we don't, we will be successful in the measurement of the world and miss our success in God. Does that make sense to you? That's why we're talking about grow and glow. If we grow in the Word of God, then we'll glow the Word of God. If we grow, listen carefully, if we grow in our own desires only, and I, know, I realize God's got to adjust that. You follow me? He's had to adjust mine. God says, Listen, I don't mind you having it, but tell me why you need it. Are you going to advance? Are you going to advance the kingdom? This is what it boils down to. And until finally, you know what I find out? My own personal dreams, if I give them up, I get them. And I get them bigger and better than what I could. I, there used to be a sign. Uh, when Dad had his office right over here. There used to be a sign somebody gave him. God gives the best to those who give him the choice. <laughs> he said, well, we're, we're not supposed to have... No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we've got to evaluate them. I'm saying we've got to let God help us to prune them. God wants you to be successful. And he wants, he wants to put you out there and he wants to show you off. But he cannot show off in maturity. As I grow, my desires change. What I do now, I do for the next generation. When I was younger, I didn't care. As, if, if Jesus, when Jesus comes back, just as long as He comes back, but after I finish doing what I'm doing. <laughs> now, He can come right now. Doesn't matter. Just don't mess up what I'm doing right now, God. When I get through, you can come back. <laughs> Are you following? Y'all love Jesus. Aren't you glad you, got, you can look at Pastor Ronnie and laugh at him once in a while? Y'all never had these thoughts. I'm, I'm showing you what not to do. <laughs> Are you following? Glory to God. Father, I do thank you for every person here. You love each and every one of them. Lord, you want to do in them and through them exceedingly, abundantly, above all that they can ask or think according to your power that works in them. Father, I thank you for doing your work. Do your work in us. Transform us. Take us to 
the Jesus level. The full stature of the man Christ Jesus. Glory to God. His maturity level. Deliver us from childishness. Bring us into a realm, Father, that all we care about is doing the will of the Father. And Lord, in doing so, you'll add things to us <laughs> that will be a surprise that we couldn't even dream that we could, could enjoy. Thank you, sweet Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Many people are, there are somebody that's listening. I'll say it that way. They could be in the auditorium. They could be through live stream. That you've struggled to measure success. You've struggled. And you've always come up feeling inadequate. Always feeling like you're behind and you can never achieve that's because God is telling you today to change your measure of success change the measure of your success glory to God glory to God glory to God The gift that God has in you has nothing to do. How would I say it? Thank you, Jesus. The gift that God has given you is not for you. The gift that God's got in you is so he can use it to bless other people. Be a, be a people blesser. Many people have used their gift and they've derailed because they used it to please themselves or their own pleasure. It's not about that. It's the pleasure of the Father. When you please the Father, whoa, I'm going to help you to see something right here. It's one of those verses Dad used to tell me, say all the time and I didn't like to hear it either. God says when <clears throat> he will make even when you please God there's a place in God where he'll make even your enemies yes. to be at peace with you. Amen. When you please God he'll make even your enemies to be at peace with you. you right now with the turmoil and the struggle and the Stress and the contention that's in our world, many people in the body of Christ don't even know. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Make even your enemies be at peace with you. I have a, I, that just, I had to wrap my head around that a little bit. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We got some maturing to do. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Lord, I bless everybody here. I bless them in the name of Jesus. And Lord, you know what's in their heart. 
And Father, I thank you, glory be to God, that you mature them, develop them, help them to be in line with the full stature of the man Christ Jesus. Help them not to pursue anything else in life. This is the only joy that there is, is to be like Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. To be like Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you that your love would flow like a river right now to everybody's heart that feels inadequate or insufficient. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke that lie of the devil. And Father, I thank you right now that you begin to renovate their thinking. In the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Say this with me. I will not be like Zacharias. I want to be like Mary. Be it according to your word, Lord. Hallelujah. Be it according to your word. Be it according to your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Did, did, let me ask you a question. Did God say something to you today? I want to know, did God talk to you today? I know He was talking to me. And I took private notes that I ain't letting Pastor Zona see. <laughs> Would you stand up with me, please? If, how many, anybody got any pain in your body right now? Physical pain. Keep that, keep, I need that hand work. Anybody's got physical pain? All right, I need a believer right now to lay hands on anybody has got their hand up. Any other kind of symptom other than pain? Any other kind of symptom? Thank you, Jesus. Right now, Father, we rebuke through the merits of the cross, the power of the name of Jesus, and, and, uh, and, and through the authority of your name and the power of your resurrection, we rebuke this pain. We command it to depart from her body. And we thank you, Father God, right now for healing virtue, restoring and making whole the thing that caused the pain. In the name of Jesus, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now look at me just a minute. Everybody look at me. You can do that wherever you're at. Don't you wait to be in here. Yes, sir, I will do that. I commission you to go out to every place that Jesus is going to show up, heal the sick, cast out devils, and let them know that the kingdom of God has showed up there today. Glory to God. I'm his representative, so I'm commissioning you. In Jesus' name. You're going to come back and say, Woo! Hallelujah. Father, we leave this place today, and we thank you. 
for your wonderful grace that surrounds us like a shield, follows us wherever we go. We thank you, Lord, that you help us hear your voice only and the voice of another we won't follow. We thank you, Lord, that you've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. And you've given us your name to use, which we invoke and we declare in the name of the Lord Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Father, I thank you right now that you fill us so full of your love that as we go into our everyday lives, every person we come in contact with cause your love to just ooze out of us and touch them with the truth of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.